Welcome to Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Miller, your host, and we are so excited about this episode of Future Foodcast. I want to thank our sponsor, Farm to Plate. They are creating tomorrow's food business ecosystem today. You can find out more at farmtoplate.io. I can't wait to talk to somebody from the UK. You know, I'm here in the US. We do have listeners, I realize, all across the globe. So welcome, everyone. Today, we have Catherine Hinchcliffe. She is the head of marketing and insight for Bid Food UK. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thanks very much, Pam. Very excited to be here. We are so excited to have you because you are going to give us some great insights today. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bidfood? Um, Bidfood are a, a food service wholesaler in the UK. Um, we supply caterers right across the piece, everyone from hotels, pubs, restaurants, schools, care homes, hospitals, travel and leisure. So wide range of customers. Um, all of whom are serving consumers um, food out of home. Yes, well, that is a great service that is much needed. I know uh, looking at your website, you just have really across the board customers. You cover a very wide variety of customers, uh, but you also do something fun. I really want to dive into during this episode, uh, which is a, a report about trends that are happening. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it got started and, and what you do? Yeah, so Bidfood have been um, producing a um, out of home food and drink trends report since 2014 um, every year. And um, it's um, it's one of the most fun campaigns, I have to say, because food and drink are very close to our hearts. We're very passionate about those. Um, I mean, it takes around about six months to put together um, from the research right through to the kind of marketing campaign behind it um, and involves lots of different people across our business, including our chef team as well, who produce recipes uh, that fit some of the trends. So we're quite excited to have just launched the um, Food and Drink Trends for 2024. Um, we do collaborate with um, researchers for this. So this time around, the last couple of years, we've been working with CGA by Nielsen IQ. Um, and that means that the report's based on our own kind of bespoke research. So that, um, and it's focused on out of home and it's UK specific. Yes, and that doing that third-party research really allows you to, to drive that content and find out the, tr the things that you really want to find out, and then you own that and can report on that. That's, that's good for our listeners to know as well that some of these, you know, they're independently verified as far as a lot of the research. But I know you do some informal research as well. I'm sure you, because you're in the market, you're in the UK, you're with the people, so you see some of the things that are going on as well. We do. I mean, we do a lot of desk research as well. We look at the social trends underpinning the food and drink trends. We go out and about on the streets of some of the big cities to see how they're manifesting on the high street. Um, it's it's a lot of fun <laughs> and very useful because it helps our customers shape their menus. Yeah, it does sound like a lot of fun. I think of those man in the street interviews where you just stop and chat with people at, or diners out on the patio or whatever it might be and find out what they're doing and why they like what they like and, and what they're looking forward to. Well, tell us a little bit about the report for 2024 and some of the interesting insights you've uncovered. 
So, yeah, the report for 2024 um, points to kind of five main trends and a number of sub-trends. At the moment in the UK, um, the, the market's kind of coming out of the post-pandemic and there are a few kind of key factors really shaping consumer choices right now. And of course, value, value for money, um, because purse strings are tight at the moment, is one of the main factors driving that. Um, but people are also wanting to try something new. Um, about two thirds of consumers are kind of eating out to treat themselves. And despite the challenging economic conditions we're all facing, um, still nearly half of UK consumers um, claim to eat out of home at least once a week. Um, but they're being wanting to treat themselves, they're wanting to celebrate special occasions. And so trying something new, new flavors and cuisines. Um, particularly, they're looking for something that's authentic um, and are happy to pay more for that. And they're looking for sustainable solutions, particularly we're finding provenance is very much on the menu. Um, and people are, that anything with ingredients that have provenance, um, they're happy to pay more for and they're quite keen on. Um, but then again, um, health is very much at the heart of consumer choice at the moment, um, as is kind of something a little bit different, something that um, piques their curiosity and their imagination. Yeah, I think um, just trying something new kind of goes along with something different and unique that piques your imagination. You want to try that. I'm wondering, do you have an idea about once a week? I That's a little higher than I expected that people are are eating out at least once a week. I mean, probably some more, but especially with the econ economical situation and the coming out of the pandemic. Do you know what it was before the pandemic by any chance? Like, is that more or less than people have traditionally been eating out in the UK? So I think um, quite a lot, the same number of people are eating out um, compared with kind of pre-pandemic. It's just the frequency with which they're eating out and the repeated visits is kind of under pressure a bit at the moment. But still, people are kind of eating out when they're on the go. Lunch occasions we're seeing are um, doing very well. Dinner occasions a little bit less so. Um, but people, it's kind of ingrained in our culture now to, to kind of eat out of home on the go. I'm glad to hear that people are eating out and are trying new things. That's an exciting trend to have confirmed and um, that creative ideas are also in the mix. So that's great. What else did you find, Catherine? Well, I mean, definitely the trends that have kind of surfaced this year are ones that are great for, from a chef point of view because they are they do lend themselves to a lot of creativity and give chefs the opportunity to um, show their flair. <clears throat> so the kind of five key trends that we okay. picked up this year, flavors less traveled, um, and that's the kind of, we don't really change that year on year. That's what are the cuisines that people are really interested in. And the ones that seem to be emerging in the UK at the moment are authentic Mexican. I mentioned authenticity is quite important to consumers. Um, when they kind of go out on holiday and try um, interesting and new cuisines, they want to try them again when they get home. But they kind of want the real deal, um, kind of what they tried when they were on holiday. Um, and then people are traveling a bit more. So authentic Mexican, 
authentic Caribbean and Eastern European are very much um, of interest and appeal to consumers right now. Nice. Um, mind, mood and body. So that's um, what people are interested in from a health perspective. And they're taking a bit more of a holistic approach now. So they want um, kind of foods that are going to nourish their mental well-being and kind of give them a mood lift as much as they are foods that they feel will nourish their body. Um, so mind, mood and body is another trend. Well, I think in that um, mind, mood and body area, I'm sure you've seen in the UK as we have in the United States, people are just much more aware of themselves. I think during the pandemic, there was a lot of reflection in the health area and people are really taking the time to do what's better for them in this you know, so I'm not surprised that's a that's a big trend, I think. And I I just hear about it more that people are talking about, you know, self-care a lot more and they're wanting to you know, practice um, taking care of their mind and being cognizant of what's happening with their bodies and feeding themselves well, you know, with the foods that are better for them. That's very true. I mean, about two thirds of UK adults feel that it's important that the food they eat at home is healthy, and they they like brands and operators that that help them achieve that. But I remember when I first moved, came into this industry, probably about eighteen years ago, people were quite happy to be healthy Monday to Thursday, but they wanted to sort of throw that out of the window at the weekend. Now, I think it, especially coming out of the pandemic, it's a lot more ingrained that we really need to look after ourselves a lot more, but yeah. not just our physical health, our mental well-being as well. And people are looking to, you know, their, their food and drink choices to, to support them in achieving that. Yes, exactly. I really agree with you, Catherine. I'm seeing that as well. I'm not surprised to see that your uh, research found that. The other, the other key trends we're picking up on, I mentioned... Um, flavors less travel but British fusion is also quite a key trend so people are wanting to combine the comfort of their kind of favorite British recipes with trying a little bit um <clears throat> a few flavors from around the world but kind of in familiar formats so if you're not prepared to try something completely different it gives you that kind of um slightly easier more accessible um option if you like so yeah. dishes like yeah. the traditional british roast but with pepped up with flavors from around the world or kind of sausage rolls that are kind of all pies that have you know more exotic ingredients in them and then um, the let's play trend is also quite a key one that's, that's coming up we've seen that experiential venues in the past have been quite popular but now people are more interested in trying something a little bit different, something a bit new, something a bit more playful in the actual food and drink that they're, they're taking. So flavor contrasts, things like miso and chocolate or feta and watermelon or salted caramel has been around for a little while, but kind of pear and stilton, those kind of interesting flavor combinations are, are becoming more popular. The flavor combinations just struck me as because you were talking about when people go out, they want to try something new and be a little um, investigative, you know, and and try and have new things that and seems like this 
this flavor combination is would be a great answer to that. Oh yeah, let me try this combination that's really different and new and I've never tried that before. Uh, and interesting combinations you've mentioned as well that I wouldn't think about putting together. Yeah, well, we did actually ask consumers which were the most, uh, the flavor combinations that, that have most appeal. Unsurprisingly, sweet and sour tops the list, but then you've got sweet and spicy. So we're seeing things like honey mixed with chili or hot honey, as we call it, as a drizzle on things. Um, and then um, uh, sweet mixed with salty. So it's kind of sweet flavors that are leading it. But then kind of salt, um, spicy and sour, salty and sour come up as well. But um, it gives chefs just a lot of scope to play with flavors. And I think consumers enjoy that playfulness. But playful drinks as well. Um, cocktails have been really growing in the UK. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of places have got their own signature cocktails now. I mean, people, I think, when they were you know, kind of locked in in the pandemic, were experimenting with their own cocktails. So they they are looking for cocktails that really kind of deliver um, and they're kind of happy to pay more for a, more, a high quality cocktail. But drinks that are a little bit more playful or um, are interesting visually to look at are great from a social media point of view and also great if you're an operator because, you know, people will make their choices um, impulsively and they'll see something on the menu they fancy the customer um, and so it's a great opportunity for operators to really make those drinks look fantastic and we are seeing sparklers smoke color changes all sorts of beautiful themed presentations drinks that tell a bit of a story as well as um, taste great um, and that's a, another opportunity to you know, kind of ramp up the GP a little bit and encourage spend. Yes, because I I, I was thinking just add a piece of fruit to the side of the glass, Catherine, but you have delved into lots of other possibilities that are very interesting that I haven't even thought of with different effects that people can enjoy. And as far as the spend, people, do, they will spend more for an experiential type drink. Or, or something different uh, or with a story or, you know, the, the uh, special menu with unique drinks on it. I mean, those are not usually priced with the, you know, regular drinks, they're a higher price. So that's a, a bigger ticket for the restaurants as well. It's all about encouraging spend. Um, and it's not just drinks. I mean, when we were looking at, you know, what restaurants are actually doing to bring some of these trends to life, we, um, we went to a restaurant in North London and they were using dry ice for their desserts. The oh. desserts looked like flower pots with flowers and soil, um, fruit trays with dry ice, all sorts of um, really visually appealing dishes, desserts especially. And it's not really surprising because if people are wanting uh, to eat out because it's a treat or to celebrate a special occasion, then, you know, that's the kind of experience that they're looking for. Absolutely. And I hadn't thought about kind of a scene with your food 
that fits a theme, but that's really creative. Thanks for sharing that with us. I might have to try some of those things even at home. <laughs> Just think creatively. I'm I'm one that if it gets on the plate, I'm good. My husband is much more creative. If he's going to serve something, it, it is always visually appealing. Uh, I'm I'm more functional. So it's nice to know people are out there thinking about creative scenes with the food. And I, I might have to spend some money on that. Well, it's all about eating something out that you're not necessarily going to make yourself at home, isn't it? So yeah, no, yeah. I'm not. I'm not really. I said that, but I'm not going to do it at home. I'm going to go out and have it. Have Does it. your husband really get the dry ice out when he's making pudding at home? Or? No, not at all. No, that's definitely beyond what we have ever thought about. So you're <laughs> opening up my my <laughs> some opportunities for sure, Catherine. I'm sure our listeners are having the same experience. The, la the last trend on the list I haven't mentioned is rustic and rural, which I think is probably one quite relevant to the sponsors here today. Um, and that's all uh, really the backbone of that trend is all about provenance. Um, provenance is about three quarters of consumers in the UK certainly find dishes with British provenance appealing, kind of with ingredients that you can trace back to the locality, the region or simply British ingredients, and half of them would pay more for that um, because quali quality and freshness are the kind of cues they take when um, when they're looking at uh, a dish or ingredients that have some kind of provenance. And so that trend is all about um, <clears throat> kind of, um, it's about farm to plate, farm to fork. It's about um, artisanal cooking styles straight out of the oven garden salads, heritage ingredients, heritage tomatoes, for example, um, all of those kind of cues uh, and, and the decor as well, you know, looking, you know, with more natural, um, natural kind of products, wood, you know, a bit of straw, so that even if you're sitting and dining in an urban city centre, you can feel like you're kind of enjoying your dinner in the countryside. Absolutely. And closer to the food. You know, that is a consumer trend mm -hmm. I've seen here on Future Foodcast that goes right along with that category in your trend report for 2024, that consumers do want to know where their food is from. And the more locally sourced, the better they like it, it seems. Um, so going along with the that the fresh foods and the the familiar flavors, the things that can be grown in the nearby area generally. Uh, consumers are really excited about that. Um, not only that, it kind of goes along with that health area where people want to be cleaner in the food that they eat. And some of these locally sourced, locally grown foods are just fill that bill for sure. I mean, and consumers, it's, it is definitely uh, something I've seen as well, obviously confirmed by your research. Yeah, it is about the ingredients and where they're from, but it's also about how you present those ingredients um, and how you make them look authentic to the places they're from and the setting um, in which you're kind of serving them as well. Yeah, really, I hear you speaking about the experience of going out and and having this food. It's really a total experience, not just the food, but also the surrounding and and how it's set up and presented. Very much so, very much so. Very nice. Are there other things from the trend report you would like to share with us today? Because 
Wow, there's some very interesting categories in there. Yeah, I think I think one of the areas that really fascinates people is the flavors less traveled, and um, and as I mentioned, it's really authenticity of those. So if you take Mexican for example, everyone's very familiar with nachos and burritos and fajitas, um, but there's so much more to the Mexican cuisine than that, and people are really interested in getting to grips with a wider range of dishes. You know, tacos al pastor some of the corn dishes, elotes, and the kind of corn salads you get in Mexican cuisine. And the same with Caribbean. Um, Caribbean's one of my favorites, actually. Jerk chicken is almost ubiquitous now, is it not? Um, But there's so much more to Caribbean cuisine. It's a very diverse um, community of countries, really. And and each country has a different national dish. But very much, I think one of the things linking Mexican and Caribbean and Eastern European, actually, is that they're all very good at comfort foods. So you have within Caribbean a lot of kind of comforting, curried kind of stews. Um, And the same, really, with Eastern European food. A lot of those dishes are kind of comfort foods and stews, um, you know, ingredients that are a little bit more familiar to the British palate. Um, and a little bit less spicy um, than Caribbean sometimes. But um, I think they they have that in common. And when you're kind of facing tough economic conditions out there and people are kind of pulling in their horns and tightening their purse strings, um, comfort foods are always going to be popular. Um, Caribbean is such a rich, diverse culinary heritage, isn't it? At the weekend... Um, I was trying out a particular recipe, uh, Jamaican rundown, I think, which is also quite popular in Tobago. I don't know if you've tried that, a fish dish with coconut milk, um, which gives it a lovely kind of runny, um, but very flavoursome sauce because you're adding in lots of Creole spices. Mm. Um, But some of those are just delicious, um, kind of warm and flavoursome kind of comfort comfort um, dishes as well and of course you've got patties and you've got all sorts of other snack foods and a great heritage of um, wonderful cakes and desserts in the Caribbean Mm. but I think you know there are so much across those three cuisines that works really well for lunches for snacking for dinner from a desserts point of view they can work really in any context um, not just in restaurants but they kind of the formats as well are, are pretty useful if you're working in a as a contract caterer in a workplace setting or if you're looking to do something in uh, in schools actually in secondary schools some of those interesting flavors are you know what young people look out for Right. Well, and the whole idea behind this trend report, right, Catherine, is that your clients and and those you serve, if they want to stay relevant or stay future thinking, kind of on the cutting edge, they want to rework what they're doing or how they're doing it, even a little way, they can access this trend report and then maybe incorporate some of these ideas into some of the changes that they're making, again, to answer what the consumers are looking for. Yeah, very much so. So we um, we put uh, the trend report together. Our chefs come up with recipes for all those trends and we take some really beautiful photographs of those. Um, 
and then we kind of go on the streets and we see how they're manifesting in how restaurants are um and takeaways etc or you know pubs etc are presenting them on menus it's all about helping um give people the tools to refresh their menus so that they really hit the mark with consumers and can you know garner some repeat purchase get some kind of feet through the door yeah. encourage spend yes yeah we just want that positive trajectory to continue in the in the business i mean that's really what it's all about we we just want to answer consumers needs and keep the businesses moving forward and everybody wins in that way so that's that's very exciting well what else would you like to share with our audience before we go this is a very fascinating i think idea and concept that you know, you're serving your clients, but then you're also helping your clients serve their customers. Yes, very much so. So, I mean, we do put together tools that will give them some inspiration to do that um, to make sure that they are, um, their menus are kind of reflecting some of the factors that are shaping consumer choices and the likely to next year. We've got pretty much all of the content on our website bidfood.co.uk if you look in the inspiration section under 2024 food and drink trends you'll see all the trends in there and the interactive report that we've got and some of the videos of us um, checking out what those how those trends are, are kind of working on the high street and all of the recipes and the photographs for the recipes that kind of support those so a bit of inspiration there from our own chefs. Um, I have to say the chefs got very excited about the trends this year. <laughs> they gave them lots of scope for creativity. Yes. I think probably their favourite trend was the British Fusion one, actually, because they uh, they found a lot to play around with on that particular trend. They came up with Chinese roast dinners with salt and pepper, roast potatoes and wok fried greens, chorizo and um, butter bean, sausage oh rolls, and then... Um, bacon and egg bao buns as well for, for a breakfast uh, oh, oh. breakfast option. So I think any of our viewers or listeners who are hearing us during a mealtime, they're in trouble because <laughs> <laughs> you have just incited a riot in the listening audience who might be hungry. They're going to be going to their local restaurant and seeing what what's new and trendy, where they can find a fusion of flavors, wherever they are. And I think that's really exciting. I appreciate you sharing all these really fun ideas with us. I can't wait to dive into the latest report. I looked at last year's report and I'm excited to really unpack this re year's report and find out all that's in there and maybe try a recipe or two that would be really fun i'm gonna go have to check there out. are some there are some cracking recipes there yeah sweet savory breakfast lunch dinner ones all sorts that you can try oh sounds great thank you so much for sharing that with us Catherine. if you as listeners enjoyed this time with Catherine and got your um, juice the juices flowing in your mouth as far as your taste buds thinking about all the unique flavors that's what we like to talk about at future foodcast what's happening in the food industry subscribe and so that you're informed of the next issue that's coming out our next episode and send us some comments about what you'd like to hear we'd love to interact with you until next time i'm pam line miller <laughs>